You are allowing people who don't vote, who really don't care who they Alderman is, probably can't tell you who they Alderman is, can't tell you who they state rep is. You are allowing them to make the decision for the people who actually do care? I mean, 49 uh, people that could have changed the outcome of who the alderman's going to be and the turnout, you know, is hovering around 22 percent. That's that's not a mandate that we should be giving uh, our elected officials. We don't host too many debates on St. Louis on the air, but when we do, it tends to get interesting. This isn't ranked choice voting. This is approval voting. This is a form of it. You can, you, you can play with the synonyms, you can change it, but this is a form of ranked choice voting. And again, only one city does this, Sarah. Only one city. And that city's trying to repel it. But this is definitely a form of ranked choice voting. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Proposition D is on St. Louis city ballots this fall. And it could bring huge changes to city governance simply by changing how we vote for city elected officials. In short, Prop D would elect city officials in St. Louis by using something called approval voting. If 10 candidates run for mayor, you can vote for as many as you approve of, all 10 even. And then the top two vote getters face off in a nonpartisan election to determine the winner. Simple, yes, but certain to shake up the city's status quo. And so today, we invited two elected officials to share their take on what Proposition D could mean for the city of St. Louis. State Representative Rasheen Aldridge supports Prop D's changes, and he joins us today to explain why. So, Representative Aldridge, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm going to introduce the flip side of this in just a moment, but I want to start with you first. What, what, what do you like about Prop D? What do you think makes this a good plan for the city of St. Louis? I mean, where do I begin? I think, you know, Proposition D is one of those things that's really a game changer for our city, uh, for our city moving forward and for what we currently have right now. So currently the system that we have has really honestly have been failing the voters when it comes to giving a mandate to individuals who will be making large decisions on our local level um, here from Alderman to President Board of Alderman to your own mayor. Um, Prop D gives voters the chance to be able to vote for multiple candidates, which isn't anything new. Uh, there's many cities that have similar um, similar type of ballot initiatives like ranked choice voting or have gotten rid of uh, their whole partisan elections uh, in the uh, whole get-go. Mm -hmm. But what Prop D does is it allows voters to be able to have um, a choice to say which candidates that they like and be able to have really tough conversations um, with those candidates on not just um, your name recognition or how much money you have, but actually being able to hold their feet to the fire on the issues. So you get to vote for multiple candidates. And what it does is also it engages voters. Right now we have such a horrible engagement problem in the city of St. Louis. When you look at the last elections we had here, if it's been the president board of Alderman race, uh, back in March, 17% of the people came out. And in the general, it dropped to 10%. Mm. In this mayor race, we had 28% um, that came out to vote. And then it went up to about 30%. But when you look at a lot of these wards as well, my own ward, 22% of people came out in the March election. And even in other wards, such as uh, the 21st, I know my opponent is coming on, only 26% of people came out to vote. So this would allow voters to continue to engage with their aldermen or their president board aldermen or their mayor in the general election, because it doesn't just stop in the August 
or in the March primary. Mm -hmm. The top two go-getters have to continue to go off and engage people in this community around issues that are hugely important and being able to continue to engage voters uh, and not just your frequent voters that you know will give you a win margin. But you have to go out and engage and touch every voters, not just in the primary, but also in the general election. We're talking about changing the way um, our system honestly hasn't really been working for everyday voters in the city of St. Louis. When you have um, individuals that are winning with less than 30 percent of the vote and they're making decisions on the way that our city runs, that doesn't help anyone. And it especially doesn't help our voters. And we should make sure that we should be engaging um, our voters and making sure that they're part of the process and not just winning on our frequent voters or um, because we have, you know, big money in our campaigns instead of worrying about the voters and getting rid of the special interests. So I really think that Prop D is something that, one, we're kind of behind on. You look at mm -hmm. Kansas City, they have something very similar. You look at other cities, California, uh, Michigan, New York City, Maine, um, Utah. So many other cities have already adopted this new way of voting and allowing voters to be able to go further on and be able to hold their politicians accountable. Uh, and have those really tough conversations on the issues that's going to move our city forward. So okay. I'm in favor of Prop D. I think it's great. And I think it's something that is really going to be a game changer for the city of St. Louis. So that is the argument in favor of Prop D. Um, our second guest today has an argument in opposition, and that is Alderman John Collins Muhammad. So, Alderman, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you so much, Sarah. And how you doing, Representative? Uh, I'm doing good. Here. Awesome. This is so important as we talk about the future of our city. Uh, now, Sarah, uh, this whole concoction is absolutely and categorically insane. If voters are truly free uh, with, with, with approval and uh, an approval of an election, then it's possible that two or more candidates could earn more than half the vote. Now, it's possible that a candidate whom well over half of the voters see as a top choice could, could lose to someone who nobody sees as their top choice. Under this flawed system, this does not make it fairer or any better than our current system. It makes it worse. So, Alderman, First, you're, no you're worried that, that somebody might sort of sneak into that runoff. They might not be anybody's first choice, but say people just say, oh, yeah, I kind of like this guy. And then they could end up winning the whole thing. That, that's a big concern for you? Uh, absolutely. And that is exactly what we can see uh, that can happen. Uh, again, this system is completely flawed. Uh, flaw. There is no real education being done on this madness. This is just being pushed down the, the throats of voters and being pushed down by a group called the Center for Election Science that's based in California. Now, this group, which has gave Proposition D uh, campaign well over $200,000 in dark money, a uh, special interest group, is a group of outsiders. This group is ran by five people, all of which don't live in the city of St. Louis. In the same place where these five peoples live and vote, they don't even do elections this way. Only one city in our nation does elections this way, and that is Fargo, North Dakota, the exact same way. And I've talked with three different city leaders in Fargo. I've talked with three different city leaders. They think this is absolutely terrible. Matter of fact, they are trying to repeal it now. City leaders and residents, they're trying to repeal uh, disapproval, disapproval uh, choice of uh, voting is absolutely insane. There is no way that people can think that this is a great idea and they benefit from what they call split voting or low turnout. The representative mentioned a 21st ward, 26% of the voting turnout. Well, I'm proud to say even with that 26%, 
the 21st Ward is one of the highest voting wards in the city of St. Louis. Now, the representative himself, he represents a district of 31,000 people, 20,000 registered voters. Only 909 people voted for him in his special election. Doesn't that so speak to, to a problem within our system? I mean, I understand this wouldn't change speak, state absolutely. politics, so it's, it's not going it, it, to change who's voting for Representative Aldridge here. But right. don't we have a very you know what, low turnout should, problem? But it should if the representative and anyone who truly supports uh, this madness and this concoction, then they will fight to get this on a statewide ballot. The representative is a state legislator. He could support legislation to get this on a ballot. As a matter of fact, Representative Dan Stacey, he represents the 31st District of the Missouri House of Representatives out in Blue Springs, uh, Kansas. He proposed this uh, type of legislation, and he hasn't gotten not one support, not from Republicans, not from Democrats. Why? Because, because they know that this is mad. No one does this, and no one does this in the nation. We are a nation of over twenty thousand cities, and only only one city does it. And that one city is saying this is wrong. We have to go back. And I wanted to spell this. Uh, this well, uh, Alderman, I, I need to cut in here because I do want to get um, Representative uh, Aldrich's response to this. This idea that there is only one city in the country that does it this way, and that's Fargo, North Dakota. Um, Representative Aldrich, is that the case? Uh, to, to the point, I do want to mention, uh, this isn't outsiders. When you look at individuals that are supporting this, um, you have individuals that are Alderwoman Alder Megan Green, who serves with you, Alderman, who lives in the city of St. Louis. You have Treasurer Tashara Jones that support this, who lives in the city of St. Louis. Your recorder, Michael Butler, supports this, who lives in the city of St. Louis. State Representative Steve Butts, who tends to have a little bit more higher turnout than we do and North St. Louis, who supports more of um, or represents more South St. Louis, also support this. St. Louis League of Women Voters, who usually don't take uh, partisans positions on things, but understand that we do have a problem. You mentioned it, uh, Alderman. We got a problem. 26% of the people, no one should be happy about that. Um, special election numbers or even my recent primary race, we should be trying to figure out how do we continue to engage voters. We shouldn't be thrilled that only 26% uh, of the city came out, or 26% of the people in the 21st Ward came out, and we're toting that, that the, that's the largest turnout in North St. Louis. Imagine the rest then. What are we doing? And what we currently have has not been working. This isn't the only city that has implemented this. The issue is in the city of St. Louis, we're so antiquated with our Board of Aldermen, we can't even do ranked choice voting. So we have to do approval voting. But if you look at many other cities, this system is very similar to ranked choice voting that they have in the state of Missouri and Kansas City. Split voting and lack of engagement is real. And that is something that I think voters deserve to be able to not have uh, in their election process when they're electing people that are having huge decisions on their local level. And I think this would be a great decision on the state level. Mm -hmm. uh, state Representative Kevin Windham also have legislation, which he is very new. We know the process doesn't just instantly happen. But when people come together and they collect signatures and they put it on the ballot, apparently they do want something changed in the city of St. Louis that's not working. The belief that, oh, that the second person uh, could win if they get on the ballot isn't true. I mean, I believe voters are smart enough to say that, you know, I like this candidate because they're good on criminal justice reform, but I also like this candidate because they're also good talking about education reform. And maybe if I don't get one of them, I believe that both of them are good, just similar to ranked choice voting. So this isn't outside money. I know it's election time and we want to use like rhetoric. This isn't outside money. Your congresswoman elect Cory Bush 
uh, who was just elected, support this. Many great organizations, many people in the city of St. Louis have signed this ballot initiative and have been out knocking doors and believe in it because what we currently have is not working for the voters. And as a Democrat, what we do in the primary, after the primary, we give up on voters. We should continue to engage them, knock doors, figure out what is the issues and concerns that they want to see moving our city forward. But since we know we live in a democratic city, which if this happens, a Republican won't win. I want to dismiss that. We live in a democratic city where we, af after the primary, we know we won, so we quit campaigning. We quit talking to voters. This forces us to be held accountable to make sure we continue to engage individuals that are first time running for office. It gives them an opportunity to be part of the process and not kicked out because big money has all been entered into one candidate, usually the incumbent, uh, not the incumbent. Let, let me cut in here because you are making uh, you're making a lot of arguments there, and I do want to give uh, the alderman a chance to respond to that. Alderman, specifically, people are looking at last year's mayoral election where uh, the ultimate winner ended up getting a pretty small percentage of the vote. Um, doesn't this seem like something that could at least fix that, that somebody who's running for mayor would end up with a majority of votes cast, which, which has been a real problem in uh, that past election? Absolutely not, uh, uh, Sarah. When you look at the last mayoral election, we had uh, five candidates in that race. So, no, we talk about Lyda Cruz and Tashara Jones and President Lewis Reed. And I know a lot of people want to support Proposition D because they think that it's going to get Tashara elected. But when you look at the last mayoral election, and I have nothing against our treasurer, but when you look at the last mayoral elections, <laughs> 40% of the people did not vote for Tashara Jones. 40% of our people voted for someone else. So if you are assuming that because these other three candidates was not in the race that she would get the votes, well, that's not exactly accurate because you don't know if those votes are going go, to go to our treasurer or go to go to someone else. Well, I think that's a, that's that a great be, point here. I mean, this doesn't sew it up for any candidate, but at least somebody like Mayor Krusen, if she ends up winning, it's because she's managed to get a mandate there, which I think it's made it pretty tough for her to govern without it. Um, look, look, look at this example, uh, Sarah. Look at this. Look at this example, Representative. You have four candidates in a non-ranked approval voting election. You have a Jane. You have a Joe. You have a Steve. You have a Mary. Let's say 100,000 people vote. All of those 100,000 voters make at least two selections. Now you have 48,000 voters that make a total of three selections. Jane's name is checked with a total of 70,000 ballots. Now you have Jane who has 67,000 uh, voters who vote uh, in favor of her uh, for the choice. Mm -hmm. But Jane is also 3,000 voters uh, a second chance. Ranking and choice doesn't matter, however, uh, does not matter in this particular system. That 30% that did not check the box for Jane, they may hold a bias against Jane. She could be a woman, she could be a Latino, she could be an African-American. Whatever the case may be, they hold a bias against Jane. They would never check the box next to a woman's name if they hold that bias. Every voter that does not have a bias against women in leadership uh, wants Jane as their first or second choice. Now, let's say Joe come in. Remember I said Jane, Joe, Steve, and Mary. I want you to keep following me, uh, Sarah. Keep following me, Representative. Now you have Joe. Joe's name is checked with a total of 72,000 ballots. Remember, we had 100,000 people that voted. Joe's name is checked with 72,000 ballots. Joe is 15,000 voters' top choice. Joe is 35,000 voters' second choice. Joe is 22,000 voters' uh, third choice. A total of 50,000 voters have Joe as their first or second choice. Again, Ranking and choice does not matter in this system. Now you have Steve. Don't forget I had two more, Steve and Mary. Steve came in with 71,000 ballots. Steve is 15,000 voters' top choice, right? 
35,000 voters second choice. Steve is also 21,000 voters third choice. A total of 50,000 people uh, voted for Steve as their first and second choice. Mary comes in. This is the last one. Mary comes in. She has a total of 35,000 ballots. Mary is 30,000 people's first choice. She is 27,000 people's second choice. Again, ranking and choice does not matter in this system. Under this proposed new election system, Steve and Joe will move forward to a runoff election, although the, uh, the other candidates won with a supermajority as, as top candidates and top selections. But they would not win. Under this proposed system, a biased minority will have an undue impact on this election simply because they refuse to check the box next to a woman's name or African-American's name. This bias gives them a greater impact on the election than a fair-minded voter. Hmm. So you're saying that would basically give them a veto? It would. Instant voters will have unfair advantage over fair-minded voters in determining election results. When you look at the Murray election between Freeman Bosley and three other candidates, Freeman Bosley won with 40% of the vote. Uh, Excuse me, it was 43% of the vote. 43%. If Freeman Bosley would have had a run in another runoff election, he would have lost because the other... (laughs) The other 60 percent didn't vote for Freeman Bosley, but he won because he had the majority of the votes. This undoes all of the accomplishments and achievements that we have had as African-Americans in the city of St. Louis. We have won, we have won more elections than ever before. In the city of St. Louis, and I want to point this out. Well, I'm going to have to. Honor, I'm going to have to have you point that out after the break. Unfortunately, we are way behind on the break we need to take here. But I think you're you're making an argument here that I'm going to want Representative Aldridge's response to as well. This is a quite an argument here. That was Alderman John Collins Muhammad making the argument against it. We're also joined by State Representative Rasheen Aldridge, who's making the argument in favor of it. We do need to take that quick break. We'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWNU. Welcome back. Just before the break, we heard from Alderman John Collins Muhammad. He's basically saying that if Proposition D is approved, that uh, a minority of voters who hold a strong bias could basically be able to have a veto on people advancing to the next round. State Representative Rasheen Aldridge, that's a that's a pretty strong charge there. I want to get your response to that. Yeah, it's pretty. And it also said, you know, potential biases. I think, you know, if individuals have biases to women, I think in the last mayoral race, though, the only two women in the race, Tashara Jones and Lyda Cruson, got the most votes mm-hmm. out of all the men. So it seems like the city may not have a bias to women, and I'm all for more women uh, being in positions of power. But this, I mean, under Prop D, it's, it's, it, right now what we have is a minority vote of individuals. I mean, John's argument is, it, I, I don't get it, but what we currently do have is a minority of vote, uh, minority individuals making a decision on who our next alder people who our next mayor, who our next president board alderman is going to be. But with Proposition D, that is absolutely not true. What you have to have is actually a majority of vote. Because after your primary election, if you do not get the majority vote, which we have not seen in major races, again, in our president board alderman race, our mayor race, or even in our own aldermatic races, when votes are very close to, I mean, 49 uh, people that could have changed the outcome of who the alderman's going to be and the turnout 
you know, is hovering around 22 percent. That's that's not a mandate that we should be giving uh, our elected officials. We should be um, allowing our elected officials to be voted in by a majority of the people. So if that means 26 came out in the primary, we need to make sure we do as much possible to get more people to come out. And that's what it does. It engages voters in the general election to be able to say, you know what, I missed the primary election, but I'm not going to miss this one because now it's down to two people. And even automatic races, we'd have races where it's been five, six candidates. Mm -hmm. And you, you like this person idea, you like this person idea. But most of the time, what you've seen as incumbents being connected to money, being connected to individuals already, the unions and different players of the game, you have an advantage. This helps people who haven't ran for office that really care about their community to be able to have a say-so in their voice. And coming from an elected official, that should be the goal of all of us, is not staying in positions forever, but being able to empower our community so we can organize ourselves out so someone else can come in that cares just as much about our neighborhood, that has great ideas, and want to move our ward or our city forward. I want to um, I want to go to the phone lines here. I know we have a number of callers who are interested in joining us, and if you want to become one of them, you can call us at 314-382-8255. I know Micah has a question for Alderman Collins Muhammad. I want to go to that phone line. Micah, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Thanks. Um, I'm a St. Louis City voter, big fan of Tashara Jones, and really disappointed in the mayoral outcome. Um, but I wanted to go to something you said uh, earlier, Alderman, about the idea of nobody's first choice making it and isn't it better it, it seems like uh, the the constructed example you were giving aside to have uh, everybody's second choice as the as the pick rather than a small vocal minority's first choice uh that's a good question alderman thoughts on that absolutely first of all is, is i want to make sure i get this right micah is it micah that's, that's right. That, name, it's Micah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, great question, Micah. Thank you for asking that. Uh, no, it's not. Because you are not allowing the person that the people who feel will do the best job gets the job or wins the election. You are allowing numerical values to come in and play a part in this election cycle, which will manipulate the numbers and make it harder for your candidate to win, whether they're your first choice, your second choice, or your third choice. And if you look at the election numbers, you said she was a big fan of uh, Treasurer Jones, and so am I. Uh, and if you look at her election numbers and you look and you compare that with the election numbers of the counterparts who ran, she would not have advanced to the next uh, to the next instant runoff election if we had ranked choice voting. Uh, in 2017, Although she this, would not have advanced. This isn't ranked choice voting. It, this is approval no, this, voting. This is, this, is a, this is a form of it. This is a form of it. You could, you, you could play with the synonyms. You can change it. But this is a form of ranked choice voting. And again, only one city does this, Sarah. Only one city. And that city's trying to repel it. But this is definitely a form of ranked choice voting. The representative said ranked choice voting eight times when he opened up. So approval voting, ranked choice voting, hey, tomato, tomato. Uh, so back to you, Micah. If you look at the election numbers, again, you cannot guarantee that the person who you are a fan of, who you feel will have done the best job as our city's chief executive, would advance to the next round. Now, this is strange to me that the only people who support this outside of Alderwoman Green, the only, the only elected officials in the city who support this, none of them are affected by this new mandate. And they all have the ability 
to create legislation, influence legislation on the state level to do it. The representative himself can do this. He's also a Democratic committee man. So when he talks about low voter turnout, that's, that's a part of his failed leadership. All right. Um, thank you for that. And, and Micah, thank you for that call. I want to go back to the phone lines. Um, Emily is calling with a question. Um, Emily, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Emily? Emily, are you there? I believe we've lost Emily. However, oh, I, I guess Hi, Emily. I'm here. Hi, Emily. Sorry about that. I think we were having some tro- trouble getting your call oh. transferred. Um, what oh, was your I'm question? So Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I live in St. Louis City, and I actually volunteered to gather signatures for Proposition D. I went door to door because it's a, a, you know, a movement of, that I really believe in, and I believe that it's going to be a very good thing for St. Louis. Um, but I don't think the runoff has been discussed. Um, so my understanding is that the runoff gives voters the chance to pick their favorite candidate out of the top two candidates, and that would really allow us to have elected officials that have the majority of support from St. Louis um, city residents. So I wanted, I was hoping that the panelists could explain how the runoff works. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Representative Aldridge, my understanding with this runoff is the, the two candidates who get the most votes in this first round, they advance to the second round. Is it that simple? It is. It's that simple because, um, like I say, right now it is uh, in the primary what would happen. So if it's in the Aldermatic March primary or if it's in the president board of Aldermen or even the mayoral uh, primary, whoever are the top two go-getters after the primary they go into the runoff. And then in that runoff, there's continuous debates, there's continuous door knocking, there's continuous engagement because they're not just um, in this democratic city, in the city of St. Louis, we know we're all Democrats, they're not just instantly picked as the chosen one. They constantly have to continue to engage with voters. So once the runoff happens in the general elections, voters will then come back out, just like we currently have a primary and a general election, will come back out and vote between the two top go-getters who would, ne- who would ultimately be, um, like I say, their mayor, president, board, alderman, comptroller, mm-hmm. or um, alderperson. So in this new system, it's not just that the winner of the Democratic primary is the de facto winner. It would be these two candidates have to have, to have this uh, one-on-one duo. And Alderman John Collins Muhammad, I know you're against this. I also know you have to leave very, very soon. I want to give you a yeah. chance to make your, your last best argument against this thing, and then we'll let you go. And I know you have an important task to do related to a constituent. So, Thank, thank you, Sarah. Uh, Emily, uh, great question. Somewhat, right? So under this system, it disenfranchises voters, especially African-American voters. And there is no way, when you couple this Proposition D with war reduction, there is no way possible that a grassroots candidate can win an election without the influence of dark money, special interests, and quote-unquote the establishment. There is no way possible, because now instead of raising 10000 or 20000 that candidate now has to raise 80000 because he's running two different elections. So to say, and when you say that our voters don't care after the the Democratic primary, I think that that's absurd because in my ward and in, in many other wards, I get more voters to vote in March than I do in April because they actually care about who their representatives are. They know, now, they know the primary determines this, the winner. But with this, and this and with this particular election, uh, Sarah, you are allowing voters in November who traditionally do not vote in March 
Traditionally, do not vote for their aldermen. Traditionally, do not vote for their mayor. They're president for the, the Board of Aldermen. They're a comptroller. Traditionally, voters in November do not vote for their municipal uh, office holders. You are allowing people who don't vote, who really don't care who they aldermen is, probably can't tell you who they aldermen is, can't tell you who they state rep is. You are allowing them to make the decision for the people who actually do care, for the people who actually do vote, for the people who actually know who the president is, who know who the mayor is, who know who the council is. You are allowing another group of voters to make that decision. That's false. The same voters who, who vote in November who vote for the president, they're not going to vote for me and for, for re-election as alderman. They're not going to vote for the president. They don't vote for their state representatives. Matter of fact, the same people who vote in November, they didn't vote in a presidential preference primary for president. You allow this group of voters to make a decision? That's ridiculous. That's the same thing that happened when, when, when our city passed Proposition R, ward reduction. This is the exact same thing. Well, Alderman, Alderman John Collins, Muhammad, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and making the argument against this ballot proposition. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate you. Again, this is absolutely insane. This is absolutely crazy. And I, I cannot believe that a member of the Central Democratic Committee who, who, who's going against Proposition D will support such madness like this. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And and Representative Aldridge, in our last uh, minute or two here, I did want to ask you about this because this is the whisper campaign I'm hearing throughout the city is that this would ruin the Democratic Party's um, Mm -hmm. dominance in St. Louis City. You're the vice chair of the Democratic Central Committee, which is basically the party's apparatus here in the city. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess what leads you to believe that things are still going to turn out just fine for Democrats if this thing passes? You know, the, the mindset that uh, Alderman, Alderman Collins Muhammad's having that uh, this is going to ruin, and many others, that it's going to ruin the Democratic Central Committee or it's going to you know, ruin the Democratic Party, and I can't believe any Democrat is supporting this. That's the problem now. Mm. We are worrying and being so allegiant to a party than being allegiant to our voters. I believe, regardless, we know we live in a city that is... I mean, what, 90% Democrat? I think it's something like that, yeah. I, I mean, if we're going out as candidates, and even in as aldermans or state reps or whatever, if we're going out as candidates and we really want to make sure that you know voters are turning out, it's not about the D behind our name. It should be the issues and the platform that we're out pushing. So I don't believe that this is going to hurt the Democratic Party. If anything, I think it strengthens the Democratic Party because now players can say, look, this is a partisan uh, or nonpartisan election, but you know, I am a strong Democrat. I fought for working people. I fight for a criminal justice reform. I want to see our community improve. It shouldn't be about a party, and that's the issue. We're getting away from the issues and being more beholden to a party. And in the black community, the black community has been beyond um, loyal to the Democratic Party. We haven't got that back. So I care more about how do we connect with people on the issues. I think this strengthens the Democratic Party. I think for elected officials, we've gotten to beholden to just a party Mm -hmm. and letting that be who we are as we're going out to talk to voters instead of saying the issues that they care about and that we care about that's going to move us all forward together. Well, State Representative Rasheen Aldridge, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and for participating in what turned out to be a very spirited debate. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And I hope everyone goes out and vote yes on D. Uh, This is truly restoring democracy to our Uh, voting system that we currently don't have. 
Um, we've been mandating individuals to serve as aldermen, even if it was my colleague who only won by a couple votes with not too much turnout or our mayors or our present board of aldermen. That shouldn't be the way that it should be. We should be having a uh, major turnout, but we should be making sure that voters be able to be engaged, not just in the primary, but all the way through the April election. I believe voters are smart enough and want to be engaged in the process and not just stop in the primary. So that is one last plug for Prop D from State Representative Rasheen Aldridge. And if you want more information on this, if you find yourself still a little bit confused about how it all works, the website that is from the backers is stlapproves.org. And of course, that is the argument coming from the people who want this thing to win. So take that with a grain of salt. But there's also some good nuts and bolts information about how this thing would work in the city of St. Louis beyond what you heard today. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.